0: However, and wherever you listen to Vision, you can be sure that the announcers, programs and music will help you look to God
2: daily.
1: Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
2: You know, as Christians, we carry a message called the gospel. Now, that's good news, a little bit like if sin is poison, we have the antidote. If we truly believe that having a message of salvation for people heading towards a lost eternity is good news, how can we give up on telling people or making a case for our beliefs? Well, some suggest that Christians have a crisis of confidence in the message. Well, our guest today has travelled the world observing the impact of the church. He thinks... That in Western nations like ours here in Australia, many churches are failing to gain traction in their communities and leading to a slow decline. Now, you can make a blanket comment like that, or you can say, well, obviously it's not every church. Some churches are going to be powering on in a really significant way. This is where our conversation is heading today with our special guest, Carl Fays, well-known Australian Christian leader and social commentator. He's the CEO of Olive Tree Media and has just recently released his latest Jesus the Game Changer series called To the Ends of the Earth. And he observes that we need to rebuild a passion for evangelism and mission. So I want to make a special welcome along to 2020, Carl Fays.
3: Yeah, it's great to be with you and great to be with all your listeners today.
2: Well, Carl, just before we get underway, we've got a Facebook question going today. And the question basically asks, is mission in your church... A low priority or a high priority, so it's a it's an easy one, and I guess we're going to be dealing with people's perception, and some will perceive that their church is doing little, or some might perceive their church is doing a lot, but we'll we'll go on whatever emotional response comes from listeners. But uh, the encouragement is Facebook dot com forward slash Vision Radio to be able to respond to that. I can tell you that in the early days. say low, 74% say high. And we'll uh, get your impressions as we go through our conversation today, Carl. Carl, when we talk about a confidence, a crisis of confidence, uh, is it around this gospel message? Is it around the truthfulness of the scriptures? How do you describe this crisis of confidence?
3: it comes from a couple of uh, areas, Neil. I think one of the reasons there's a crisis of confidence is if you went back a, a generation when I was a young man or when I was just starting in ministry, there was a general sense within the community that um, the church had a place, that religion was basically good, that people thought, well, I don't believe it and I don't want to do anything about it. But this is, it's, a, it's a good thing for us. And so if you had a public event... Uh, People were basically deferential towards Christian religious leaders. If, if, if you think about it, if you think about the situation now, we've moved remarkably from that place. And today, there's plenty of times where Christian leaders aren't treated with uh, being deferential, and Christian leaders are, are attacked fairly regularly. And and there's this sense that Christian faith is actually bad for our community, and Christians and people who are often religious in general or Christian as a specific group, are actually a negative influence on our community. And you pick that up all over the place. And this concept that we should you know, treat religious leaders with some sort of respect, even if we're not those who are religious or people of faith, we should treat them with some sort of respect, that in a lot of cases, in a lot of ways, in the commentariat within our community, that's, that's disappeared. And I think that creates... A crisis of confidence, Neil. I think people are seeing their faith attacked for numbers of different reasons very regularly, and that causes you to go, I'm still, I'm still sure of my own faith, but I have a crisis of conf- confidence in trying to say, talk about that faith more generally within the community
2: what i can hear you saying carl is that it may actually not be so much a crisis of confidence in the message but a crisis of confidence in the leaders that we might have seen you know in a scandal-ridden uh, decade uh, that that might be the thing that really is throwing us off balance a little bit here what are your thoughts there
3: Absolutely, I I think that uh, the the crisis of confidence, in my mind, uh, in a public sense of speaking about your faith and therefore speaking about the gospel message, you know, so if you talk about Jesus making a difference in our world and you talk about the place of the church, you you know that people are instantly going to respond with, well, we just had a royal commission into the uh, institutional abuse of children in the middle of that. The church and church leaders have been front and center. Secondly, you've stood against, you know, this concept that love is love and all love is equal and all relationships are equal. And and now you you guys are homophobes and bigots for standing against uh, what is essentially supposedly a good thing in our community. Uh, you put those together and then then add the new atheists. Now they're not they're not so prominent now, but if you went back 10 years, you know, with the Richard Dawkins, Sam Harris. Uh, the late Christopher Hitchens, they, these guys kind of saying, well, only fools would actually believe in this. You put those together in the public sphere and, and you, you know, unless you really know your material, you, you feel very uneasy talking about that in a public space. And I think that leaders within the church, um, they don't want to court controversy. They don't want to court difficulty. They want to be accepted in their wider communities. So they talk about the things that are popular, and they downplay the things that are not popular.
2: Well, some might say there's an awful lot of not popular things, and if you did spend all your time talking about those, you'd be a real pessimist. <laughs> you'd be really, <laughs> uh, you know, you'd be mired, wouldn't you, in, uh, in a whole lot of negativity.
3: Hey, yeah, you know, and, 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 Yes, and Neil, and that's why when we released Jesus the Game Changer Series 1 and then Jesus the Game Changer Series 2, uh you know there are those who say that well yeah you know, if you talk about the positive things the church is doing you've got to also talk about the negative negative. and my view is no you don't uh <laughs> yeah there's plenty of people out there giving the bad news about about uh, christian faith and the, and the church over the centuries what we need to do is to remind people of the significant pivotal difference that jesus has made jesus of nazareth have made in human history the world is a different and much better place because of jesus and his followers we need to We need to focus on that message and be confident in that message. Uh,
2: you know when I think of confidence, and I know listeners this will strike a chord uh, oftentimes when you're listening to you know people who are commentating on the economy, and even though an economy may be going strong, there's this confidence index uh, whether business people are Confident uh, to spend money and uh, invest in an economy and make things go well, even though things may well be going well according to all the numbers, nothing's really changed. But if confidence takes a hit, then people start to clam up. They stop spending money. They 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 actually go into uh, you know they go into like a defensive position. I wonder whether you might be thinking along the lines of you know just with the some of the scandals, those sorts of things that we've had over the last decade. Maybe we've just become a little bit more defensive.
3: Yes, uh, I think that's a fair, uh, a fair summation of the situation. The other thing about it is it's how news works, Neil. I mean, I, I don't know if you've been following the news uh, out of Sydney or whether your listeners have been following the news out of Sydney. So, you know, there's a terrible drought across the country, which has plagued our nation. Uh, you had awful bushfires, uh, apocalyptic bushfires, and, you know, awful. And then this remarkable and I think, personally, answer to prayer, where What was an area of bushfire is now an area flooded with rain, which is fabulous. And now, last weekend, Sydney's dam was at 40... Before last weekend, the dam was at 42%. Uh, Within one weekend, the dam jumped from 42% to somewhere in the... to close to 70% and is higher than that now. So what was the news? (laughs) The news was basically how how, uh, how the, the the because of the fires and 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 uh, and what was happening around the dam that all this um, stuff would be washed into the dam and and, and it would be bad for Sydney's water surprise <laughs> you can't even celebrate great rain without putting a spin on it but this is actually bad for
2: us <laughs> yeah I know, I know what we're you're saying with. <laughs> yeah, powerful comment. And, uh, you know, what we tend to, uh, gravitate towards the negativity. And, you know, that old, you know, saying about, uh, you know, what, the, what makes the, the news. It's all bad news. That's what we want to hear when we listen to the news. There's a sense yeah. in which we can be part of, uh, you know, we can be in, we talk about, we criticize politicians in Canberra for being in a bubble. But there is a certain sense in which you've got to try and create a bubble around you that tries to keep some of the negative stuff out, so that you can maintain yeah. confidence. What are your thoughts here about how you've got to have a little bit of self-discipline to be able to keep confident?
3: Yeah, it's, it's 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 an interesting question, Neil, about the whole idea of do you do you take on the opposing view and learn how to deal with it, not necessarily argue with it. You don't have to argue with absolutely every comment that happens on media or social media but knowing enough so that you're responding the other side of it is and then they talk about the canberra bubble and there's a media bubble and there's a christian bubble which is the problem with the bubble is if that if it becomes unrealistic if your world is so far removed from what happens in the community at large then you have no relation with what's going on and I, it's it's tricky because when you feel a lack of confidence and when you feel attacked and when you feel unsure the the instant response is to retreat um and and that will make you feel better but it but retreating into a position that is unrealistic uninformed and undisconnected to the wider wider world is probably not particularly wise
2: I mentioned in the introduction to our conversation, Carl, the call to regain a focus on evangelism. And so while we've identified there's a whole lot of negative things that can keep your focus off evangelism, uh, your new series helps people to gain to, gain, to regain a focus on evangelism. Uh, that's not an easy thing to do, so I imagine that uh, that there's some important things that you're communicating in your latest series.
3: Yeah, I mean, essentially what we're trying to do in the latest series, Jesus the Game Changer, to the ends of the earth, is to tell the story about how did Christian faith go from the back end of a Roman empire, the backwater of the known world at that time, with just a few people, a tiny group of people, really, uh, who followed a Messiah who the Romans crucified to prove he wasn't the Messiah. How did that tiny group of people become today the largest faith in the world, a global religion, geographically and ethnically, uh, over two billion followers around the world, which is having enormous influence. How did that happen? And that ought to fill every person, even if you lack confidence and don't want to talk about Jesus at all, that ought to fill you with, with some inspiration. And how did that happen? It happened. It didn't happen culturally. And there were times where people like Charlemagne had this wonderful evangelistic strategy, which is to take over a nation and then make them all Christians. That happened now and then. But generally, it was because people followed the person of Jesus, told others about it. They made a response, and that continued to spread. And they remembered that Jesus' final word was to take his gospel, his message, the story of his death and resurrection to the world. And people have done that across the centuries. And, and, and what, ought to, what it ought to do is inspire us that we can do this. They, these weren't just, you know, exceptionally brilliant people that somehow were in, you know, speaking that word bubble, in this little bubble different from everybody else. Most of them were ordinary people with a commitment to follow Jesus. And that changed the world. And that call has never stopped. So what we need to do, Neil, is to find that passion again and to find within us the recognition, as you said in your introduction to our time together, that that we have an answer that the world needs to hear. Now, we need to find new ways to communicate it and we need to find a new passion and we need some inspiration. But but we, we have a message that we need to share to the world. And it's not good advice. It's good news. It's not a 12-step program about how to change your life. It's about something happened with this person of Jesus in history, and that changed the game to take the the, uh, name of our series. And we need to share that message, the good news of Jesus.
1: Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
2: You're invited to be a part of our conversation, 1-800-316-316. Carl Fays is our guest, CEO of a media organisation called Olive Tree Media. He's just released his latest Jesus the Game Changer series called To the Ends of the Earth and observes that we need to rebuild a passion for evangelism and mission. You might have your own thoughts to offer. Let's take a call. Carl, let's hear from Darrell in Brisbane. Hello, Darrell. Welcome along. Hi, oh, how are you going? Very well, Daryl. What are your thoughts for our conversation?
4: Uh, Carl, you come to our church and you're priest. I really appreciate your message and your series. But one thing that concerns me is we talk about evangelism. We don't talk about love ministries. We, we don't... A lot of statistics say that most people in churches don't come through evangelism. They still come through relationships. I think the relationship mm. is the first part. The gospel is about love. Christ loved us, he died on the cross even though his summary of his ministry in the Great Commission, if we go back and look at his whole teaching, it's about relationship and love and I think that's where the church is missing it. We don't have hospitality as much as we should, we don't really care about each other as much as we should back 30 years ago when I was a young person. What do you think, Carl?
3: Well, that's, I mean it's an interesting comment and there's, there's um, a whole bunch of responses I mean one of the things that I've noticed since I used to run a church and now i uh, doing my role with Olive Tree Media. And the, the interesting thing I noticed is that when I look back, I think, you know, um, community is the thing that people probably want within the church that we, as when I was a church leader, underestimate, which is kind of what the point you're making, a place to belong. And so if we can create the church as a place to belong, then that's a really significant part of what we're doing. And I think it's a call. And look, it's a really hard thing to do, actually. I mean, it, nobody should... Nobody should actually reduce how difficult that is. I mean, it sounds like, you know, how hard is it to make a church loving? Well, actually, the answer is it's, very, it's really hard. And, and to actually to create relationships that, so that people feel cared for and feel significant is, is really important. The, my only caveat on that is that sometimes that we tend to reduce the gospel to, oh, we just need to love. Um, and, and, I, and I know, I'm sure you're not saying that, but that's one of the things that we need to be careful about, because, you know, when Paul talked about the fact, how, how did people come to faith? You know, he wrote to the Romans, and how will they be saved? Or like, they say when they call on the person of Jesus, and how will they know to call on the person of Jesus? Well, it's because people bring the message so if, if nobody hears the message, then, then they're not sure to call on the name of Jesus. You just become another nice person within their community. And so there needs to be this sort of balance between demonstrating love, showing unconditional care and love, creating communities that welcome people in. But in the process, don't lose sight of the need for a gospel message, because in the
4: end, that's what they'll respond to.
2: What are your I, thoughts? I, uh, that answer your question, Daryl?
4: I totally agree. You've got to have a balance. You've got to be able to preach the gospel. There's an old saying, people don't care about what you care about until they know you care about them. Yeah. Um, and, def- and definitely once you break that gap and establish a relationship, it becomes very easy to share your testimony and give them the good news of the gospel. Yeah, and Daryl, they used to say
3: that, you know, people um, would would sort of believe and then join the community. These days they tend to join the community and through that relationship... Come to a place of belief and 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 being a part of the community is a, a really key part of that, and that 's where courses like Alpha have been exceptionally powerful. you know Is it because alpha, as a course, is full of such brilliant material, or is it because people spend twelve weeks together and the material helps them to find faith through relationships and I think both those things are incredibly important as long as we hold to both of them but it's a, a fair point darrell appreciate your comments
2: darrell from brisbane thanks so much for your call our talkback line is open on 1800 316 316 let's take another call charmaine is on the line from albany in wa hi charmaine
0: good morning neil um lovely to speak with you again i have spoken before and uh, I'm here with Lorraine Walker. We're both from Australia for Jesus.
2: Ah, yes, lovely. And I've
0: been I've been listening to the conversation and the suggestion that you know good initiatives. So I just wanted to bring uh, about the the, um, way of life. the way of life that Tony McClellan is promoting as a tool for ordinary people who don't have a great deal of theological knowledge, but have a love for Jesus, have a passion. To spread the gospel that it is an amazing tool that you can get off the australia for jesus website
2: well charmaine thank you so much for drawing our attention to that uh, australia for jesus the god revolution we talk about that with some frequency and uh, just excited about the way that uh, tony is working so hard to raise up uh, those thousands of soul winners in australia Carl, when Charmaine mentions these sorts of things, and, of course, there are a lot of evangelism resources that people can take advantage of, uh, it's one thing to use a, a resource, but, uh, again, there's a confidence that's needed to be able to even access a resource. What are your thoughts yeah. for Charmaine and the sorts of resources that people can use?
3: Yeah, Charmaine, it's great to hear from you. And, and uh, while I haven't seen way of life uh, that course i 'm sure it 's uh, really excellent and helpful, I think for all for, for all of us, uh, Neil and for Charmaine as well that you, you kind of need something to use most people, most you know people who are getting through life parenting um, retired uh, uh, working hard you know they don 't have a lot of time to develop their own kind of tool or their own way of speaking and, and, and often something the tool is just something to help them. And I, I think I would endorse that as, as a, as a great way of, of helping you to talk about Jesus or helping you to start conversations. Um, you're starting cold with just you and, and another person can be incredibly difficult and very challenging. So therefore the tools are great, but but the tools need to balance off your own personal walk with Jesus. So there needs to be some confidence in your own faith, and your own walk with Jesus. You don't have it all together. None of us are there. But out of that walk with Jesus, that's when we can use a tool and that's when we can connect with people. So tools, it's a bit like tools aren't the total answer, but boy, they're helpful.
2: They are helpful and Charmaine from Albany and WA and uh, to Lorraine who is on the road and I might just say as an ambassador for the God Revolution and uh, and, uh, and Lorraine's travelling around Australia and uh, no doubt uh, for listeners all around Australia you might well just get wind of the fact that uh, Lorraine is in town. I'd encourage you to connect with her and be a part of what's happening because uh, those tools that they're working with uh, they are designed to make the message of evangelism, the message of the gospel, uh, a little bit more easy to deliver for people who don't necessarily have wonderful confidence. So thank you so much, Charmaine. Thank you for your call. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Bob is on the line from Brisbane. Hi, Bob. Welcome. Oh,
5: Thank you very much. Um, yes, I've been listening to the, the conversation there, and... Um, it's actually interesting, and I listened to the call. Uh, um from Brisbane also saying something that is very important. Um, I normally listen to, that, to the program at some call, but I decided to call this time to just give my view on what is being discussed in the studio.
2: Yep, um, Bob. Yep, get to the point.
5: Listen. Yeah, in is it's very important. It's good, which we all know about it. But Darwin talk He talks about. Uh, to get on next. And that I want to really support. Like, um, the church is coming to get a support in one another. Because Jesus says that, you know, the only way people will know that you are my disciples is when you love one another. You know, the body of Christ is divided, especially. In, in Brisbane, I don't know about all of but in Brisbane it's one of the things. but so I just want to talk about that also
2: yeah. that we can look Bob, at... let's age. get a let's get an impression from Carl because I think you're making a really powerful point here because if you can love one another, The atmosphere changes in the group, and the group's confidence is going to grow. Let's talk about the dynamic that happens when you've got a healthy, strong church, Carl. People do love one another. People get to get around the scriptures, understand something of this mission that we're called to, and then somebody all of a sudden goes from being timid and stuck in the corner to becoming as bold as a lion, and they're out there sharing their faith and winning the world. Let's talk about that for a few moments.
3: Yeah, like it's it's incredibly important, and and this is what um, our friend Darrell earlier was saying. You know, this idea of showing love and demonstrating love and and creating this notion that we will be those who others can lean on. The, the the tricky side of that is that, as far as I understand, there isn't a perfect church full of perfect people who love perfectly. And you know, if if people are coming to church, going okay, these people are gonna these people are gonna look after me. They're gonna be they're gonna love me, and and then they're, they're never gonna disappoint me. Well, that last statement will probably not be true. You know, wh- why do we believe in Jesus? Because because, just because we love better than everybody else or because this message is true? Now, because the message is true, it works. And because it works, that gives us the power, the strength, the opportunity to love. But I don't think we should be working on the assumption that we, we, we're perfect. We're going to be perfect. People will come to Jesus because we are perfect that's putting too much pressure on all of us because no church is perfect, no Christian is perfect, and it's not perfection that we are trying to communicate. It's the message of Jesus. So there's a, it's, it's a bit like I'm not disagreeing with Bob, what Bob is saying, what Bob and Daryl were saying is absolutely true. We've got to love people. Though You, will, Jesus said you will know the truth of, of, of who I am as Jesus because of how you love. But, that's, but we need to keep in mind that... The, the fallibility of every christian because we will never love perfectly.
2: Thank you so much to Bob from Brisbane and just just stay on this thought for just a moment because there's a dose of reality you just delivered Carl Face that no one in any church anywhere is going to find perfection and there is a certain individualism that is part of our culture right now and that individualism is Really showing this idea that it's all about me. uh, There seems to be the need for a fair bit of humility to be able to get to a point where your confidence is great that it's more about others than it is about me. So while I could be sitting in my, uh, you know, my church pew and uh, getting offended easily, uh, the higher call that we get from the scriptures is that it's not so much about me as it's about what I can contribute and um, it's all about others. What are your thoughts? Well, it's part
3: of the culture that we, we need to challenge. You know, we have, a, we have a culture where, you know, social media, which is really just feeding narcissism across our community. Social media is a great thing. I use it, but it, it has a negative out, outcome. We also are desperate for our children to feel good about, good about themselves. A mate of mine just went to his grandchild's uh, end of year, and there was 150 kids, and every kid got an individual prize. Now, that's lovely, but, boy, that's tedious and long. And, and it, it, But all it, all it's doing is... Feeding to this notion that it's all about me. The interesting thing about churches, Neil, I've ran churches for many years. Love Church is totally committed to the local church. But if a church is doing well, it's actually going to attract people that are struggling in life and that are difficult and have difficult personalities. And they're there because they're looking for somebody to love them. And a church ought to be that place. So the interesting thing is, the more, the better the church is at loving people and accepting people and caring for people, the more the church is actually going to attract difficult people, broken people, people that are struggling with issues, people that are struggling uh, with with places where where their desires lead them where they shouldn't go. Um, they're difficult people, and so the, the trouble that the, the the challenge is that you are going to love people, you're going to accept people as they are, but in the end, your church will have a number of those people who will, who will require more grace. And so therefore, that people come in and go, oh, that's a difficult person, and look at that other person over there, they're really challenging. That's because the church is doing its job, but it does mean that if you're sitting there going, everybody here has to look after me, then you know that that doesn't help anybody you know in in philippians chapter 2 paul is talking about what it is to love each other put which is basically saying don't look after your own interests that follow the example of Jesus and put other in, other people's interests before your own. That's very hard to do. Carl, uh, but we're going to break
2: and go to news. Yep. Continuing our conversation after Vision National News. Uh, Carl, uh, let's take another call before we move on in our conversation. I want to invite listeners 1-800-316-316 to join in our conversation. Uh, let's take a call from Linda. Linda's calling from Brisbane. Hi Linda.
0: Good morning, Carl and, and Neil. I just want to Hi. give a thought that I think um, evangelism, people have always, a lot of people, a lot of Christians think that that's not their gift. I don't know whether you agree with that or not, but I know in my book and, uh, you know, two different churches, a lot of, a lot of different Christians, but, and I'm very much an evangelism type person, but a lot of people will say, oh, that's your gift. Because in the past, you know, they were told, Oh know, there's different gifts and, And that's only for the evangelists, whatever, or the teachers do the teaching and the pastors do the other pastors. So I think that that hopefully is changing. I know God is moving all over the world with different ministries like your own. I'm part of a ministry, um, no place left. Uh, House of Peace Search. We run this in, in the western part of, of Brisbane. Uh, Joel Shaw is the pastor. But, um, you know, and we're a similar sort of thing. Is no place left. We believe that everyone needs to hear the gospel. But I just believe that, uh, that in the past, because of conventional denominational churches, people have sat there and uh, that's not my gift. So I don't know whether you agree with that. I Linda,
2: you're making a really hard. powerful point there because it's a good excuse to say it's not my gift. Uh, sometimes we talk about evangelists, and that may be more specific, and other times we talk about being a witness, which is much more general. But Carl Faze, uh, Linda's making a good point.
3: Absolutely. And, there, and there's certainly, you know, you know Scripture, there, there, are, there are evangelists, and that's their gift. I um, mean, Paul, when he wrote to uh, his dear friend Timothy... Uh, and the second letter he wrote to them he actually talks about preaching the word he encourages Timothy to preach the word but it's interesting because he uses in the in, the, in that little passage he actually says do the work of an evangelist which is an interesting kind of comment it's a bit like okay this may not be your skill that this may not be your you know number one calling it may not be the natural thing that you do in the sense of just you know that you just ooze the gospel message in every conversation but that doesn't mean you don't do the work of evangelism and and it's it's a case of okay I may not feel myself as an evangelist as a natural inclination, but that doesn't mean I don't do the work I on don't, evangelists, I don't, I'm not active, and you know, uh, Linda used that word about being a witness, I mean, a comment that it's worth thinking about is that we're all witnesses, we, it just depends what sort of witness we're giving. So, yep. if, if your friends know you're a Christian, you're already a witness, uh, whether you, whatever you say, whatever you do, you are a witness. So every word, every spoken word, every action actually points to your character, your belief, and your faith. And so you could sort of say, well, my friends know I'm a Christian, but I'm not an evangelist. Well, you are actually being a witness, so it'd be good to do the work of, of, an, of evangelism Find the opportunity to talk about Jesus whenever you can.
2: Linda, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316. We'll take some more calls in just a few moments, but I want to talk to you, Carl, about an article you've just written uh, to be published in Sight magazine and uh, your challenging ideas about what happened in the first century as compared to the culture we have in Australia today.
3: It's an interesting thought, because I'm writing an article for Sight Magazine, as you mentioned, and it's about rediscovering a commitment to the gospel, and that'll be online tomorrow, so you can just look up Sight Magazine, Google it, and you can have a look at the article. One of the points I make in the article it comes out of somebody we interviewed in Jesus the Game Changer Series 1, who's Rodney Stark, not known as a Christian commentator, but has written a lot of uh, a lot of work as a as a sociologist on the influence of the Christian church, and his point is that the one of the great influences of the christ the first couple of centuries of the followers of jesus was that they cared for the poor the needy the marginalized and his point was that that was so different from the culture that it actually helped the church to grow and often it grew among the slaves and the underclass not not solely but that's, that was a place of its growth as a church. Now, the church over the centuries, without going on too long, Neil, the church over the centuries has followed that lead. And even today, we can start thinking, okay, if we care for people, which is different from, you know, what Daryl was saying about loving people, if we care for people, if we look after the poor, and the marginalized, somehow the gospel is just going to leak out of us because it's so important. But I actually this article, and look it up, Site Magazine, Three things I make, three points I want to make about the article. The first is that, you know, care now, because of the teaching of Jesus, care is a natural part of our community. You think about the fires, all the millions of dollars given to those in desperate need from the fires. It wasn't because they were Christian. It was because that's part of our culture. Care now, if you care for people, you're not standing out as different as they did in the first century. You just fit into... The normal part of our culture. Secondly, the Greco-Roman world, where that Rodney Stark was writing about, had no social safety net. There wasn't anything. If you didn't have family to look after you, and you were a widow or an orphan, you died. There was there was no social safety net, and the Greco-Roman leadership of those nations, either the Greeks or the Romans, didn't set up a safety net to care for people. And there, but where, where today which is a part of our community, we already have that. But, but thirdly, across the globe in the last 50 years, there's been a significant change in the circumstances of the poorest and the most needy across the globe. There's an interesting book that my son-in-law just gave me a few weeks ago, and I've been reading by... Dr. Han Rosling, Rosling's not a Christian book. He he does lectures at uh, that you know at Davos meeting where all those uh, incredibly wealthy financiers around the world meet at. He he speaks in all sorts of you know United Nations meetings and except for around the globe. And his the book is called Factfulness. And essentially, what he's trying to say is the the world is actually in much better shape now than we ever believed. So let me just give you a couple of figures there for you, Neil and the listeners: children dying before their fifth birthday. Now, if I was to say, we won't won't do a poll, (laughs) but if I said to you, what percentage of children around the world, in every nation, the desperately poor of the nation, what percentage of children around the world would die before their fifth birthday? Do you know that's down to 4%? Wow. Do you know that that, that, uh, those with basic literacy skills, adults with basic literacy skills across the world, that is now at 86%. Girls of primary school age who are enrolled in school. So if I said to you, okay, think about all the nations across the world, all the the, the African nations, some South American nations, fewer nations in Asia, where you think about how badly these places are. The percentage of girls, which are often the last to get an education, school age that are enrolled in school, that's at 90 percent. Those who are immunized. Of one-year-olds that the number the percentage of one-year-olds across the globe that are immunized sits at 88 percent now these are remarkable outcomes that have changed incredibly in the last 10 years and certainly from the work of christians yes but the gates foundation and uh, with immunization i know that's one of their their kind of things that they focus on all we're saying is you, you know there's more be done christians should be involved it's a part of the gospel but what we're saying is it doesn't have the cut through and there isn't the need that there was in the first century but the one thing across the globe the one thing that nobody else is doing the one thing that only the church does the one thing that the church is called to do that nobody else in the community will do is talk about the life-saving and eternal message of jesus is life death and resurrection nobody else is going to do that and we need to remind ourselves that that's, that's the challenge. And if I can just say one more thing about this article, remember Site Magazine, look it up the whole article if, if you like. The, the Barnard Group has done research on millennials, and so they're the people in their 20s and 30s. And Barnard has found that 47% of cr- practicing Christian millennials believe that evangelism is wrong. <laughs> now, not just, we were chatting to Linda about whether you feel called to evangelism or whether you feel you're an evangelist. Barnard is suggesting that 47% of people in their 20s and 30s, not only, just not that they don't feel comfortable or don't feel like an evangelist, they actually think it's wrong. Now, that's something that we need to think about. If if, that's, if there's a generation coming through who don't, it's not about whether they feel like they're called. They actually think it's something that we should not be doing. And and in that same article, um, they quote uh, another girl that, that, that works with that generation. And she was saying that there are those who kind of think that, well, as long as we're good and we're selfless and we have a wonderful character, evangelism will kind of happen almost by magic. They'll all just decide to follow Jesus because we're nice people. Well, that's delusional. That's not going to happen. And so what we need to do is we need to find our voice. We need to find uh, the ways that we communicate. We need a new passion for the gospel of Jesus. And and, and we are the only people that will do that.
2: Wow, fabulous insights. And if those statistics hold true, uh, Carl, those from America and uh, those uh, Barna uh, research figures, almost one in two. So uh, if you're a part of a church of a 100 people, 47 people out of a 100 are likely to think that it's even a wrong thing to even evangelize well uh, there's a little solution to that, it's go back to the scriptures uh, go back to Matthew chapter 28 and just check on that great commission and see what it says there because uh, that great commission has been given to the church and somehow or other we've got to be able to cut through that, we are taking calls, you might have a thought or two on some of the things that Carl's shared and some of those that sound very contrasting Controversial. You might also like to respond to the Facebook poll that we've got running, which asks a question about whether your local church has a low or a high priority to mission. And it might just be reflective in general across local churches around Australia as to how things are going. And I can tell you that the figures, 26% say low, 74% say high. So uh, the majority of people are saying that their local church has a high focus on mission. I wonder whether you've got some perception there, uh, Carl. I mean, that's that's what listeners are telling us this morning.
3: And look, that is great news, and especially if that's the case. One of the things I've found as a church leader is a lot of a lot of things that people actually put in surveys are what I would call aspirational. <laughs> they want it to be true. So in other words, they, they aspire that that would be the case. I remember a survey we used to do, Neil, where we would ask our church whether they came, you know, how often they came to church, once a week, once every two weeks, once a month, you know, that sort of thing.
2: And uh, we had a
3: bit of pretty, pretty good idea about how often people would come. And I remember over 70% of people ticked a box and said they came to church every week. Well, I want you to know, Neil, that's an aspirational tick. Okay. <laughs> they did not come every week. I knew that. Um, but that's what they wanted to be true. And it, you know, the great thing about that, that uh, poll, Facebook poll... Is that there's a sense that 74% want it to be true. My question is, what do they actually do? And, and the idea that wanting something to be true and then something actually happening can be quite two quite different things. And, and, and my challenge is to get behind whatever your church leader or pastor or minister is doing get behind what they're doing so that they feel encouraged and supported. Um, I, a good friend of mine runs a large church in Sydney, and I heard him talking recently, and he said, Neil, you know, I want you to know if I get complaints, it's it's complaints over the music in worship or complaints around the children's work. And I remember as a church leader, that's these, these are the complaints you'll get. And then he said this, Neil. He said, I want you to know that the one thing I never get complaints about is how many baptisms we have a year,
1: uh-huh. and, it,
3: and, and complaints that there aren't enough baptisms. And when you think about it, Neil, if 74% of people have a focus on mission and evangelism, then they ought to be complaining to their church leaders if there aren't enough baptisms, Mm-mm. but they don't, because they're too busy complaining about whether they don't like the worship. Now, y- if you think about that, because that's been my experience, and it'll be a lot of our listeners' experience, and thats I'm not going to be negative about the church, I love the church, but we need to understand the, one of the, th- the things that we focus on can be demonstrated by what we complain about or what we kind of talk about. And if it's not, why isn't there more new Christians in our church, but why are they playing these songs that I don't like? Then there's something wrong with our with our priorities.
2: We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call from Brisbane. Brisbane, popular today. Hi to Peter. Hi, Peter. Welcome along. G'day. Peter, what are your Hi. thoughts? Hello? Yes, can you hear us, Peter?
1: Yes, I can hear you. Um, Yeah, my uh, focus is very much going back to the word. Um, I'm uh, one of the older generation, and I believe strongly in that place of that when we teach the word properly, the conviction of the spirit will be there for people to be active. And uh, for me, I had a messed up background as a young person And I asked the Lord to give me something that was concise, uh, that would give me an understanding of where he was taking me from to where he was taking me to. The passage is Nehemiah chapter 7, verse 7. And the list of names, when you look the meanings up, it means to come out of the world to the knowledge that Jesus is the only salvation, to truly be repentant, and then the last name to skip across some of the names, to go to the last names to be, means to have the character of somebody like uh, the modern day Apostle Paul. Not somebody to rewrite the Scriptures by no means, but somebody who he would go out or she would go out without reservation and make known the Gospel.
2: Well, so, powerful thoughts in there, Peter. Let's get uh, Carl to pick up on uh, one or two of those. Uh, Carl, for Peter? Uh, absolutely, Peter, and,
3: and, and good on you. That, uh, encouraging word. And, and the whole point about, you know, what we believe in is, is not something that we kind of wish fulfillment. We, we, kind of, we want to reinvent Jesus as the fulfillment of current political correctness. And often that's what we end up doing. I've, Neil, I might have used this phrase on your show once before, but, you know, it says in Genesis that in the beginning, God created us in his image. And we've been returning the favor ever since. <laughs> In other words, we, we want Jesus to kind of be a personification of what we think is is good as a person. What Peter's reminding us is that there's something outside our culture, something outside our experience, and something outside our desire for wish fulfillment. And that is what the Bible tells us about Jesus about God, the Father, about how he's communicated to us and what, how we should live. And it's trying to get back to that. Now, we've, we've still got to get over cultural boundaries. Uh, you know, reading, reading the Bible is never an easy thing to do. It's not as simple as just taking proof texts from all over the place. It's trying to understand it in its, in its time, in its culture. But, but what we're trying to say is that there is a truth out there that we need to discover, and that's found in the Word. And the the Word of God will speak into our lives. It will it will touch us to our core. It will change us as people, and will motivate us into evangelism. So, definitely. Let's take some time to get in word.
2: Peter from Brisbane, thanks so much for your insight. Great to hear from you. Hey, running out of time a little here, I don't want to miss the opportunity to talk about how churches can take advantage of being a part of a campaign that you've got starting in May, Jesus the Game Changer to the Ends of the Earth. It's the second series in Jesus the Game Changer. Uh, how can churches take advantage of what's happening in May?
3: What we've done is to create a church campaign, and it's a six-week church campaign. We're encouraging churches to do it between the 3rd of May to the 7th of June, but you can do it any time. And essentially, in the next week, we'll release the church pack. And so what the church pack is is a USB that uh, when you register, we send you the USB, and it's got all 13 episodes on it, Neil, 13 episodes of Jesus the Game Changer to the Ends of the Earth, but it's got six sermons. It's got six children out, children's program outlines. You get this discussion guide that comes with it. There's a, a, a song for kids done by Colin Buchanan. There's a new worship song called The Ends of the Earth. You've got all your invitations and in PowerPoints and video clips that you can show all of this uh, for, to, to help your church become focused uh, on evangelism mission. A little catchphrase we're using now is to make Jesus' last words our first priority and if we can do that Jesus last words with the Great Commission it was about in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 about going to the ends of the earth in in John chapter 20 it's about I'm sending you as I've been sent here are the, the things that Jesus said last the most important thing take my message to the very ends of the earth and that's what we're seeking to do and we want to encourage and inspire people to do that so get on to uh, get on to the ends of the earth church campaign that can be found on our website com.
2: Okay and you're suggesting that between the 3rd of May and the 7th of June and there's lots of churches that have their program already in place yep. but there may be some who are saying well what I'm hearing Carl say today is just what we've been looking for and we need to somehow or other uh, help to change the priority and get more mission minded uh, sometimes yep. that word mission is a little bit confusing for some people too and I think we're using that word as a catch-all for uh, evangelism and being a witness yep. but also that idea of uh, you know international missions and uh, mission trips all sorts everything to do with mission around that and uh, getting a high priority about those uh, Carl yep. for people who are thinking about getting a hold of it you gave a website that was the uh, the website for for uh, Jesus the Game Changer, uh, yep. olivetreemedia.com.au too. That's your production company, and no doubt there'll yep. be links there to all of the yep. productions that you've done over the years.
3: Yes, absolutely. So uh, olivetreemedia.com.au has, you know, if you can go to Towards Belief, Jesus the Game Changer 1, 2, uh, all the books that we have, lots of resources there. Uh, the simpler, the other one is, is that with, with the, and there's links from that site, so either olive tree or jesus the game changer.com
2: jesusthegamechanger.com or you can connect with Carl too through au. Carl, great getting your insights as always and I know that people will be rushing to get a hold of this series. I think it's going to be a powerful series. If the first series is any indicator, this one is headed for major success as well. Just before I let you go, as you reflect on uh, the significance of the first series as it went out, I mean, it's not just in Australia that Benefited from that, but all over the world.
3: Yeah, because it's shown globally on TBN, uh, which is a massive, uh, massive uh, US cable Christian channel. Uh, it's been shown on TBN UK, um, the Australian Christian channel, uh, Hillsong channel. So it broadcasts globally, and then certainly churches uh, in, in Australia, New Zealand, uh, the UK, and some in America as well are using Jesus the Game Changer. We can. Uh, sorry, g 's the game changer to the, the the first series, and that's having lots of influence and lots of impact. We get lots of great feedback, so it's very exciting and really encouraging.
2: Well, Carl Fays, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us, and uh, even those controversial thoughts about changing the way we think about what the priorities were in the first century to what they might be today, and even finding some redefinition of meeting the obvious needs in the community, which might be around us locally, which might be around us in our broader community, or which might be around us in our nation. Carl Fays, thanks for being with us on 2020. Thanks, Neil.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find
2: out more about
0: us, go to vision.org.au.